It's the Black Swan Podcast, baby. We're raw. And welcome to the state championship edition of the Black Swan Podcast. Hank Piper here, the Lab Antonell, and Jim Matigley. He's on a mic tonight. How's everybody doing? Good. Doing good. Good, Hank. All right. Now, we all know why we're here, but real quick, just off the top, got to get the... Got to get a little plug in for Stu. Got this Walk the Warpath coming up here. Mm, yes. Yes. Um, it's a, it's going to be a fun wa- fundraiser for the weight room. Now, we all know the the traditional lift-a-thon didn't get to happen because COVID. We all know everything's all screwed up. So, uh, what we have now is a fundraiser coming up. Uh, it starts November 24th at 2 p.m. And the idea is they just walk for 24 hours. Nothing more, nothing less. Contestants are strength and conditioning coach Dan Studer, Maslin's principal Dave Lottenschlager. Lottenschlager? Yes, Schlager? Sounds right. We, you got it. We've been over this. I'm bad with names. Um, Maslin's offensive coordinator, Coach Troxler, previous guest of the podcast, and Maslin alumni and blink and you'll miss some part in Go Tigers, Sam Young. Mm, yes. Oh. So what they're going to do is just pretty much walk until they can't. It's like a, like a walk-a-thon. Yeah. With not teams, just pretty individuals. Much. It's nice. like an every, it's an every man for himself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to Sam about this, and apparent, I guess the plan is they're just, they have a destination that they think is about a 12-hour walk away. They're going to walk there and then walk back to the high school. Mm, so it's not like laps. Okay, no. so it's not like a live. No, no there, yeah, there's like, walking. Okay. There's walking. Um, now, my question, really my only question I've had to both Sam and Dan was, what's the bathroom situation? Yeah. Sam said they still had to work that out. That's a little rough. And I asked Stu yesterday, and he's like, yeah, bring some toilet paper. It's frankly, more than I expected of an answer. And, you know, it, it should be for an interesting time. They're just going to walk 12 hours in one direction and walk the other way. 12 hours. Okay. How far is a 12 hour Yeah, that's, that's like... That's a good amount. Yeah, walk. it's like 12 hours worth of walking. Walking speed. Well, yeah, but that's five, yeah. Mile, you know, five miles an hour. Five, seven miles an hour walking speed. I think that was the idea. I don't know if stuff changed, if they're going to be maybe walking one big lap around. I don't know. Don't have those details. I'm sure Stu or somebody else will put that out more. I mean, you could like, you could yeah, you could get pretty like walk to Cleveland almost. Yeah, and back. Well, then they'll walk to Akron. Way to Pittsburgh. I don't know. Listen, I'm not I'm not the logistics guy between this for this. All I know is that if you want to sponsor this, you know, because this is for raising money for the weight room, you can sponsor a walker. And there's different ways you can do that. You can either buy a sweet torture chamber sticker. A walk the warpath T-shirt or hoodie. I won't lie about both. All the proceeds go to the weight room, and you're kind of you can buy one for each person. And you're showing your support for that, and it's it's sweet. It's awesome swag, to be honest. Yeah. Um. And an, the fourth way you can do it is you can buy an hour. So they start at like 2 p.m. And I could buy say Sam Young getting to 6 a.m. If he doesn't get to that hour, you get your money back. Mm. Oh, so it's like a 
Yeah. How long do you expect them actually to last type deal? Exactly. So uh. you can buy them, you know, last the whole 24 hours, but if they have to drop out, if they can't make it, you get that money back. Is so, there a cost? Man, like a, that's a specific tough. cost for each? Or? It's, uh, I believe the way it works, it's $5 an hour. And oh, like, so it's, it's it, not it like... It builds. A, like, okay. if you want to get, say, it starts at 2 p.m., so if you want to get three, it's five bucks. If okay. you want to get five, that's three hours, it's 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. So it's it, oh, nice. it it builds on top of itself. Um, if you want to buy cool. somebody's entire twenty four hours, I believe that's three hundred. But again, mm-hmm. all of that money goes towards our weight room. It's a program that you know it, we try to pay for. It tries to pay for itself as best as it can. Usually, it's pretty well self sustaining, and not just the football program uses it. All of the all the sports, do. all the athletics that can and want to utilize that weight room do get to use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a good benefit, um, and if you just want to make any other kind of donation, there's a contact page on the website that you can hit them up on and just say, hey, I'd just like to donate this much to it. Uh, now, that would be warpath55.com. That's W-A-R-P-A-T-H-5-5.com. Go to the little drop-down heading that says Warpath Walk. That's where you can find all the links to buy all the sweet merch, sponsor Walker, get some swag, and... Uh, yeah, walk the warpath. So, before we move on, okay, did you guys see the Coach Hack shirt? Yes. Yes, I also saw the Coach Hack shirt. That was... Might have to... Uh, I might have to get one. Might have to snag me one of those. Yeah, that was pretty awesome and accurate. Yeah. Extremely accurate. Coach Hack, local legend. Um, if you don't know him, you need to. You've probably seen him or really heard him heard yelling him, yeah. 100% at on the sidelines. You've heard him this year. And love every second of it. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, we ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Got the nice game against LaSalle last week. You know, big win for the Tigers. Another on to another state championship. 14-10. to 10. What, did, uh, what did we all think about that? You know, watching it. Just kind of what were our takeaways, I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, I thought our defense did really good. You know, that's something that we said every single week. Um, outside of their one big play, you know, they, they really didn't uh, didn't do too much against our defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, that one big play really helped them. They, I think they ended, that was the drive that they ended up scoring on, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, but in general, they just couldn't sustain anything. I mean, you know, they ate up some clock. You know, they got a couple first downs, but... It's just really tough for any team to, you know, go up and down the field against our defense. Um, when it comes to our offense, you know, it's always a really good defense mm-hmm. to begin with. Uh, so it, it makes sense. You know, we're getting down to the times where you're playing the best of the best. Um, so, you know, we didn't put up a whole lot of points. We scored when it mattered late in the game, the big play. Yep. You know, that's just kind of what you're waiting for. You're waiting for a team to make a big play. And that's what we did. We have the capability to make that big play. And uh, that's what ended up winning it for us. But, you know, I thought it was a really good game. It was a really tough game. You know, there was uh, adversity. There was things going on. You know, when we were watching the game at home on TV, we were going crazy, you know, with so many different things going on with, you know, the malfunctions with the clocks and the scoreboard and everything. I mean, you're just going crazy because, you you know, you're watching the live stream. You don't see the clock to begin with, but the fact that they had to keep resetting it and oh, 
the guy on the the guy commentating the game was like, you know what, we might as well just let a guy use a stopwatch because it would be better than what we're dealing with right now. Like, you know, it's getting irritating, but it looked like they were fighting about doing that at one point. Like the refs got together. Well, I think, I think technically the refs always have a stopwatch that they have and use, mm-hmm. but they go off the scoreboard. Yeah. But I think yeah. every single officiating cool. crew has a stopwatch that they use. Um, you know, because there, there are places that don't have play clocks. You know, we dealt with that even in like Final Four games. No play what clocks. What was that? Oh, Wynn Woods. We played Wynn Woods. Yeah, mm-hmm. three, four. Both yeah. times we played Wynn Woods. Actually, there was no play clock. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But just in general, you know, it's the official's job to keep the clock, not the scorekeeper, not the scoreboard guy. They and like they, they like to work together because it makes everybody's life easier if they're on the same page. But um. You know, technically, the officiating crew is the one keeping the time. So, and the scoreboard went down like three or four times. It, it was it was irritating to watch on TV, and I can only imagine if you're there, you know, or if you're a player, or a coach. Like it's it was just as irritating that these delays kept happening. But yeah, and it always happened to seem to happen when LaSalle was on like a third and five. I think there was one point where we had it, and it was like, all right, this is... Because I remember Hank yeah. saying, it's like, oh, this is just an extra timeout for Mass. Like, this is fine. This is fine. But it was, it was annoying nonetheless. But I thought it was a really good game uh, in general, and, you know, we came out on top. Um, I mean, at the end of the game, you know, I was just so excited to score. I remember yeah. in the fourth quarter, I think LaSalle just went down, ate up a lot of clock. We got the ball back. We didn't go for it on like fourth and one. Yeah. Fourth and half of a yard, it was, maybe. It was fourth and short. Really close. Fourth and short. And I mean, I think we were on our side of the 50. Mm. But 40, it was 40, close. 45. You know, yeah. And it's like, man. Six minutes left. From our perspective, it's like, oh, Sal just ate up clock on us. And we're going to punt it back to him. Like, I mean, I love our defense. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's like, man, if we can't get fourth and one. I mean, that's Uh-oh. rough. You know, that's just like conceptually something I've always thought. You know, it's like the fourth quarter, you're losing. If you can't get fourth and one, you can't win, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we kick it. Our defense steps up, gets the ball right back. We have good field position. We go down and score. Awesome. But I remember at the time, I was like, oh, you know, just, oh. yeah. Because the worst feeling is we give them the ball back and they run out the clock, right? I, I was right there with you. And I think a big part of that was watching the live stream. You don't have a clock. Yeah, there's no clock, so you I don't know how much. Oh no, I was I was right there with you guys, and I was there. See, we had no idea what the clock is. We're trying to listen, but we had it set up on a projector, mm-hmm. so we didn't really have the sound up very high. You could hear parts and pieces, but you weren't really listening as if you know you're home alone with the TV up. So we had we didn't really know what the time was. We had an idea of what the time was, and mm-hmm. that can definitely change things, but. Um, that was just my thought at the time. It's like, oh, man, it, it feels like there's only four minutes left and we're giving the ball back. Yeah. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it was the right decision. Yes. But, oh, boy, that's one of those. I would have thought that. I 100% thought they were going to go for it. Yeah, that's what I thought we were going to do, too. I mean, they we were still getting those short, tough yards. It was always like the first and ten, the second and sevens yeah. that were getting stuffed. But when it was, you know, it was time to put your nuts on the table, we were getting those yards that we needed. And for us to punt it there, it was, like you said, it was frustrating. Yeah, but um, so with that, you know, the, the whole concept of punting it away, 
another reflection from the game is I thought our special teams did a really good job. I thought we pinned them deep a lot, and in return, we got the ball back in good field position a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, our kickoffs were deep. You know, we had some touchbacks. Our punts, you know, all of them were pinned deep. And all our, four were in the 15, our, right? Uh, I mean, that's what... So I think that was that's what Hex said, said, right? That's what Hex said. He said all of our punts were inside the 15. All for 40-plus yards, too. Um, so I thought we did a really good job, special teams, at kind of flipping the field. Yeah. We always put them in a bad spot, which in return gave us a good spot. Um, our coverage was well, so they weren't returning these kicks very very far, at least. Um, so I thought our special teams put us in a really good spot. And, you know, that's something that, you know, we're going to need this week as well. If you remember anything from last year when we played Hoven, I think special teams punting was the reason we won. Magnus Haynes was the MVP of that game. Absolutely. In the second yep. half, no team scored. So you're just punting back and forth. And our punter outpunted their punter and coverage teams. It's not just the punter. You also, you also have to tackle. Mm-hmm. You also have to return the punts. But I think our special teams outdid Hobens last year in the second half. And no one scored because of it. But we got a little closer each time. And uh, I think that was the real reason we won. So for a little context here, um, our average starting field position in the fourth quarter when it mattered most was on the 50-yard line. Mm-hmm. LaSalle's was on the 16. Ooh. And to make them like have to march down the field like that, to make them have to march 85 yards Absolutely. against our defense, not going to happen consistently. Mm-hmm. I, has any team done that this year, like outside no. of one or two drives? No. No, Consist- oh, no. no one has consistently no. drove against our defense. There's about one a game, maybe. There's not very yeah. many teams Maybe. that have done a drive at all. Do it, period. Yeah. yeah. There's usually a big play, you know, or mm-hmm. some kind of fluke or, you know, maybe they did it once. McKinley had a drive. Perry uh, had a drive. Yeah, Perry Perry had some drives, but they sputtered out when it mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think McKinley was really the only one that cashed in on theirs. And they did it once. Yep. Every, the one they, they broke off. Everybody else was big play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I love that concept. You know, just pin them deep. You know, kick it, kick it out the back of the end zone every time. Magnus keep doing a great job of punting it inside the twenty, inside Mm -hmm. the fifteen. Coverage team going down there making tackles. With our defense, it is tough for anyone to march down the field on us consistently. Yeah, even if you get one, you're not going to get many others. And like we said in the moment, that was frustrating that punt, but. When it's, you know, it's like layer cards on the table time. You got to lean on what you're good at. Mm-hmm. And it for us this year, it's been special teams and defense that has been the most consistent thing. And that's what, I mean, obviously we had to score a touchdown, but that's what won us the game was defense and special teams. Offensively, I think we left a lot of points on the board. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like we didn't have, that was really our first game since, before McKinley that we stumbled a lot. And not to say it was all on us because, like you said, LaSalle's a really good defense. They were, yeah. LaSalle's a good team. You know, to get to the Final Four like that, we know who they have some dudes. But there was 
on it's more little stuff, but like a lack of execution. You know, we talked about at length before Trell hitting the backside A gap on power. That don't work against good teams because they have a guy there for that. Yeah. And that happened more than more than a couple times against the Cell. Yeah, a few times you gotta just let the play work itself out, mm-hmm. follow your box, go where it needs to go. Um I remember one time I think Oh, never mind. That might not even been the Maslin game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know who I, you know how I am, right? Yeah. Last game is like didn't happen. It, yes. I'm surprised we spent this long on this game. Because well, the thing is, there's there's a lot of things that I took away from the LaSalle game. The worse the game, the less takeaways I have. So like you know, earlier in the year, you know, mm-hmm. if we just came off of you know maybe not even this year, but if we just came off of a blowout. I completely forget the game by the yeah. time we talk about it the next week. Um, I remember <laughs> I was, uh, in our group text, I was like, wait, did this happen in the Maslin game or the Browns game? I already, <laughs> I can't remember what game it was at this point happened. But I think I think this was the Maslin game where there was one where I was like, oh, man, I wish Trey would have bounced it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not necessarily his thing is bouncing things. And in general, you don't really want your players to bounce. Because that's not no. where it's designed to go. But it, I remember one time I was like, "Oh, if he would have bounced it right here, uh oh." But uh, you know, either let the play yeah. develop. You know, he's kind of gotten into that tendency of hitting that backside A because it was open for a couple games, and it hasn't been for the last couple. But mm-hmm. um, he's still young too. I mean, oh, he's still young, and you, he's still a yeah, You absolutely know they're you know they're yeah. all over him about you know, hey, wait for that block to get there for mm-hmm. one more second, or you know. You know, maybe it was there. You just missed it. You jumped the gun. So, uh, you know, execution, like you said, and uh, and that's the thing about being a dude is you've been a dude your whole life, generally speaking. So that means you've been the best athlete on the field. And when you're the best athlete on the field, you can usually get away with stuff that you know a normal player couldn't. Yeah. And you you get into that becomes a habit. And when you uh, face, you know, stiffer competition, guys more up to your talent level, you can't get away with as much. The margins are much smaller. It's why you'll see, like, athletes in, you know, college get drafted because they had a ridiculous combine because they, you know, jump – they jump out the gym, they ran a 4-2-40, and they get the NFL, and they don't do much because everybody's fast, everybody's strong, everybody can jump. Yeah, I mean, like – Prime example, somebody that really hits home to us is, uh, you know, Lynn Bowden. In high school, you know, there was no coach in the country that had any business telling him how to run the ball. Don't don't give him an aiming point. Don't tell him what his objective is. Like, don't even tell him which way to look. You have one objective. It's that square box at the end of the field. Just <laughs> let him do what he's going to do because that was the best outcome. Then he got to college. And he's playing in the SEC, and they're like, we know you're a receiver, but our quarterback got hurt. You're going to be our quarterback now, except for you're not going to throw it. You're only going to run it. And the defenses are they're going to know you're going to run it, but you're still going to run for 200 yards a game. Dude's a dude. Yeah, dude's a dude. He gets drafted, goes to the Raiders, doesn't perform very well in the camp. You know, he looks a little According to reports, he looked a little slow, a little hesitant, and uh, he got traded right away mm-hmm. to the Dolphins, I think. But uh, still, kind of wish the Browns would have got him. Wait, he's in, he's in South Beach now? I think so. Oh, that's the worst thing that could have happened to him. Yeah, it might not be good, but 
Uh, yeah, he didn't make it through training camp with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. After I think they traded up for him, but they did. They did. The Raiders traded up for him. He didn't make it. Yep. Um, I remember watching the the draft with you, and you were like, "Why?" It wasn't why. I just thought he wasn't refined enough as a receiver to be drafted high as a receiver. And then the Raiders wanted to use him as a running back. And then Gruden they, wanted then to use were, him as a utility guy. Like then they how, were kind of upset yeah. that he was undersized as a running back, but then he also lacked the explosiveness. They they expected him to be really explosive when he got to the NFL. He just wasn't as explosive as they expected. Anyway, swinging back around... When you're facing tougher competition, sometimes just doing your job correctly yes. is better than being a dude. Um, other stuff, you know, we ran wide cross like three or four times, and it was a great, it's a great cover three killer, which is what LaSalle primarily uses based out of, and uh, you're just going to connect. It's not necessarily a big shot play. You're, high, you're just high-lowing the free safety the middle guy you know it might be a longer throw but it's it's just over the middle of the field it should be easy plus you got two dudes at wide receiver just two well two dudes running the deep stuff oh, okay yeah martavian's the fake on the jet sweep oh okay yeah um the it, the one interception the didn't see that the hitch and go Oh, yeah. So oh, I forgot about that. So you just, okay. Yeah, that. that um, I was still in the car. I like the play call, but it's the thing that made the play go is what caused the interception. If you watch it, it Jaden fakes a hitch and then runs Goes up deep. field. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in that, quarterback is fi- is pump faking the hitch. Mm-hmm. That, gets the si- that gets the corner to bite on the Stuck hitch. Him, yeah. But it got the free safety's attention. He didn't have anything else to look at. He just saw the quarterback pump fake the hitch. So, okay, he just starts going towards the hitch. And then he's... He just jumped Jayden in. pulls back. Or Trump pulls back. Throws it deep. Free safety's in a pretty good position to make a play on the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they were in three, you almost have to... <laughs> if you want to beat the corner, you got to pump the corner. And cover yeah. Three. So my thought with it was, I think it was like third and medium, third and five. Third and five, third and six. Third and six. And, you know, we're all sitting there saying, hey, let's throw a hitch. Mm-hmm. That corner's, he's playing cover three. He's eight yards off. He's nine yards off. Let's just throw a hitch. And I remember watching it, and Ballard runs it, and he, like, goes to break off for a hitch. It's like, yes, let's throw it to him. Let's go. You know, Catron kind of yep. pump fakes. is like, easy first down. And then we fake it and go deep. It's like, oh, they were giving you the hitch. And then they went over top and they got the hitch and go, which, you know, was just a soul crusher. It's like, I would have liked to see us, you know, maybe bait them on the hitch once or twice before the hitch and go. Now, but that's also something they've seen on film and with the situation Mm -hmm. that corner is probably thinking, oh, it's third and five. I bet he's going to run a five yard route. So, I mean, I understand it. There's pros and cons exactly that, there's two thoughts there there's the one like you said they've done their film study they know what to expect and as well in game situation this thing i didn't look for i kind of went because it just now popped in my head but maybe that outside linebacker that apex player to that side is like sinking underneath the hitch mm-hmm. so that throw might not necessarily be there even if it looks like if you're watching the corner it's there the other thought is hey maybe we outsmarted ourselves 
happens to the best of us. Happens in the mm-hmm. NFL, college, high Absolutely. school. It happens everywhere. You know, that's a learning experience for everybody. Now let's move on. Mm-hmm. Um, the I think the only really other thing that stood out offensively to me was the the trick play. The oh, re- the Ballard reverse, reverse pass, pass leaf, whatever it was, reverse pass back to Trone yeah. that tried to hit Martavian down the mm-hmm. sideline on a wheel. About that too. Yeah. Um, didn't hit home. No, I don't care. Old. Yeah. Hey, I'm a big fan of trick plays. That's just one more thing that teams have to prepare for that they have to be ready for. And if a team wants to play, oh, it, it, if a team wants to, you know play aggressive on one thing we do, the jet sweep, then we can come back and hit them with something else. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's something that every team after that is going to have to prepare for. Yeah, I, I had no issue with that play um, or the play call with it. Um, I remember watching it live. Ballard got the ball, and I just saw him coming across the field, and it looked like there's a hole. And it's like, oh, yeah, run it. Like, let, you know, yeah. thinking he was going to run it. And then he tossed it back to Catrone, and I was like, oh, well, you know. You know, it, he was never going to keep it. No. You know, the the defense could have parted in front of him, and he chant, 99% chance that he was still going to pass it back to Catrone because that mm-hmm. was a play call. But, uh, you know, it was just one of those things that it just happened to look like there was a hole for Bauer to run, and it, it didn't hit home. But, it's, yeah, like you said, it's another thing that teams have to look for. You know, you can't be too aggressive with certain things because you never know when, you know, a trick's going to come out. So, uh, I, I'm all on board of trick boys as well. Oh yeah. I have no issue with that whatsoever. That's you even go back to Paul Brown. You know, he, he was a big proponent of, if you got a trick play, use it and use it early because it's a huge momentum stealer in the game. It's a great way to, you know, get a big chunk play from a defense cheat and even just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and for future games, it's something that every team down the line is going to have to prepare for. And we've used one against Perry. We've used one like we the one we were just talking about we've against used one Hoover, against mm-hmm. Iggy, against uh, I one or two one or two a week for a little bit of time. Yeah, it's a little bit more on against film McKinley now. as well. And um, that's something that you know, you know, Hoban has every one of our game films. Yeah, and they're going to have to look at that. And that jet sweep, just handing it off to Martavian, is something we do a lot. Now, they're not... They're going to have to think about the jet sweep. They're going to have to think about the fake jet inside run. They're going to have to fake think about fake jet play action throw deep. They're going to have to think about the throwback, the other throwback, the double reverse wheel route, the fake reverse, Ballard keeps it. They're going to have to think about a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And... That takes up a lot of practice time that they could be devoting to just our base stuff. So there's, you know, I am a big fan of seeing this new trend in our offense of emptying the playbook, running all these trick plays, and yeah, love to see it. Yeah, I mean, I have no issue with it whatsoever. Um, I think there is a certain point where things can get too complicated, but I'm not saying we've got to that. I'm just saying in, Absolutely in general, I think there is a time where things can get too complicated. And, you know, sometimes things are just working for you. Uh, I've, I've noticed that in a few Browns games this year um, where it's like it seems like, you're nor- like your stuff is working. Mm-hmm. You know, your p- 
power run is working. Your outside zone running is working. And then they throw in like this weird, you know, kind of double reverse option play that goes for two yards. And it's like, why, why'd you even bother? Like with the Browns, they're doing stuff when they don't need to, and it's not hitting. So it's like, uh, you know, maybe stick to what you're doing. But I definitely love the idea of mixing things up, making defenses work for it. Uh, I think the way we've been doing it is absolutely fine. And, uh, you know, lay it all on the table. Especially, and you know, obviously this week, if yeah. you've got something that you think can hit home, it's no longer about putting stuff on film. Empty it's a, Now it's about getting yards, getting touchdowns. You know, I think that's a very underappreciated thing in football is chunk plays. Everybody thinks that you have, you know, mm-hmm. home run plays or just, you know, moving, you know, getting ahead of the chains. They, they don't think about chunk plays. If you throw a screen pass and it goes for seven yards, you know, your fans think that's a wasted play. It's like, oh, th- this was supposed to be a big gain. It was supposed to be, you're supposed to catch them off guard with this halfback screen. It only went for seven yards. I'll take second and well, three. Listen, it's second and three. That's just, yeah. a, good, that's just a good play. Especially when your running back's averaging seven and a half yards. Yeah, you know, that's mm-hmm. just that's just a good play. You know, it's our, or you, when it goes for 15 yards, you know, when it goes for 20 yards, you run a reverse pass that goes for 20 yards. All right. Or 20 comes, yards, you know? Worst comes to worst, then your punters pin them at the five. Yeah, so like I, I have no issue with taking chunk plays. It, it's not home run or bust. If you run a reverse pass and a receiver runs a 20-yard comeback route because it was cover over the top, screw mm. it. 20 yards, right? Yeah. <laughs> take 20 yards. Like, yeah. Are you going to be mad that it wasn't a home run? Exactly. It's Take, not. take the yards. With that, there's thing, there are times where things get overcomplicated and you run a double reverse for negative eight. There that is, is when it's like, all right, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> the, Maybe the, you're doing too much. The, but The flip side of everything is there's not much else in football that looks worse than a busted trick play. Absolutely. It, it, that is just the worst. It's up yeah. there with the butt fumble. It's bad. Um, the, uh, the other thing I just thought about was we're, we're starting to do stuff now with our fullbacks, tight ends, whatever we want to call them. Yeah, a little you know, bit of both. Yeah splitting them outside. They've always kind of ran routes a little bit. It's been tremendous blocking. But uh, against LaSalle last week, we split him out wide outside of Jaden. Yeah, they kind of just ignored him. And uh, so I, that's something we've done in the past uh, is get Jaden in the slot, you know, and get your other big threat in the, the opposite slot. Work four verts against two by two. You got your two best guys working up the seams. That's right where, uh, you know, cover three is weak. Mm-hmm. Don't know why you run cover three against that. I, hey, that's what you do. That's what you do. You Nick you Saban. play divider and yeah. Nick Saban said it's okay, so it's okay. All right. Well, no. Uh, Nick Saban actually said don't do cover three. Don't do drought spot against that. But you play dividers and generally you're like Lasalle. Generally you're athletic enough, more so than the other team that you can get away with it. Against us, two years in a row now that shit didn't work. Yeah. But that corner lined up. He looks outside at our fullback, lined out wide. No, he ain't giving it. Looks inside at Jaden. <laughs> like, uh, oh, that fullback ain't getting the ball. Yeah. All right, let's cover Jaden. Mm-hmm. And, well, wouldn't you know, I don't think Trone's ever thrown that ball. I mean, we know they had to practice that. Mm-hmm. I, And, hell, that's something we've been doing for the last three years when we had Longwell. 
I don't think that ball's ever been completed to the outside receiver against cover three, let alone to our fullback running that route in cover three. And if anybody would know that, it would be Hank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you watch the you watch the film of it, the one, uh, God, Ethan Wagner, is that his name? The guy that keeps doing the, the really cool film on yeah. the sidelines. He has a sideline view of that play mm-hmm. where he's standing basically where Ward catches it. Mm-hmm. But he's zoomed in, and you can see Catrone, and he goes from Ballard over to Ward. But, I mean, that his first read, it looked like, was, was Ballard on that play, which four verts against cover three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably where you're... I that's think, probably where you should look. I think it was because... But the fact that they just yeah. left him alone, I mean, holy crap, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't that much of a distraction. Like, I think... So the way we, you really coach anybody up for that particular play is you want to look the free safety off where you want to go, then come back, make sure he's open, then throw it. So I imagine Trone was like, okay, look right... Look left. Let's throw to Ballard. Well, Ballard's covered. Oh, look, Christmas. Well, the fullback's not. Yeah. All right, kid. And I can only imagine how big Willard's eyes got when that he saw that ball was actually coming for him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I know Willard's a dude, because for you to be just booty naked open like that and to make the catch and still make the play, uh, it, it takes, I mean, it's the simple stuff. It's what you think is the simple stuff like that is the hardest play to make sometimes. Yeah. You know, when you're just wide open and you're thinking, all right, let's just don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. You just in that moment get so much pressure on yourself that you see lesser players just drop that ball. But Willard's a dude, he hasn't been there before, but he's been in big spots before, and he can handle himself. Yeah, and I mean, you know, good work for Catrone throwing it to the open guy, which, you know, sounds obvious when you're just listening to a podcast about it but you know going through your progressions and seeing something that you might not have really seen before in practice you know going against a cover three and the outside guy being open is you know that that's not something you probably see very often Uh, it's not it's not really schemed that way it's not schemed for the outside guy to be open against cover three but the fact that he recognized it like hey corner jump the seam we're gonna hit that outside route and you know boom hit it in on time and stride. Like, it worked really well. Big play. Yep. So that's just one more thing that Hoban's going to have to look at. That, you know, when we do stuff like that, kind of play around with formations and this, that, and the other. You can't cheat. Exactly. Don't cheat. Got to play honest. And that even goes back to our trick play stuff, you know. it's You have to play everything honest, and if you start to try and cheat, take away one thing, we got stuff we can come back and hit you with to make you pay for mm-hmm. it. But uh, that's all I got for the Sal game. Anybody else? Nah, I feel like I had something, but I forgot it. So, all right, moving on to uh, it's state championship, baby. Yes, sir. We get definitely not an unfamiliar opponent. Mm-hmm. Played them the last two years. You know they got the better as better of us in 2018, but we made them pay for it in 2019. The Akron Hoban Knights. So, Jimmy, you got the roster over there. What do we know about them? You know, who's some big names we can look for? Start with offense, defense. We don't have special teams, so you can't start there. <laughs> Just uh, start rattling <laughs> off as soon as you're ready, as soon as you pull <laughs> it up. Um, left tackle, Luf Pettit, 6'4", 284. 
Uh, jump in if you have any comments. Okay. I don't know if you want me to read the comments or not. Nah, just... Okay. Just go through the, mm-hmm. the lineup. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Keyshawn Haynes, uh, junior, six foot one, three forty five. Six one three forty five. Yeah, big dude. That's big boy right there. Big dude. That's big boy. Three forty five. Wow. For that's a yeah. For context, Oof. our last Division One lineman, Thayer Munford, was yeah. Uh, what was my problem? Ask. He was uh, <laughs> six five six. He six. came at like three fifteen. I think they made him lose some weight. Didn't He's they? um. At Ohio State now, he's about 305, and I'm just going to keep talking until I find his measurables here. Uh, let's see here. Thayer Muntford, Newsbound, ESPN, 66315 at Ohio State currently. And what do you say? He's a junior? Yeah. Yep. Listen, junior. Unless he's a double redshirt junior, that's he's going to be kind of sloppy. Yeah, it says he's top heavy. So... You know, it sounds like he's a little got a little bit of baby fat still. Yes. Or uh, he's just big. I mean, he is big. It says it's like, top heavy, so I'm guessing it's. Don't get me wrong. He's probably just big. He's big boy. <laughs> he's not bad looking, but he's still kind of, he's probably still learning how to play with that weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we got uh, Michael No. I think that's how you say it. Junior, six foot three, 250. Okay, center? Yeah. All right. Uh, Drew Holt, sophomore, 5'11", 285. Mm. And I'm not going to try to say this last one. Andrew P., senior, 6'2", 280. Okay. So they got good size on the line. Mm -hmm. Um, Do a lot of gap stuff, a little bit of inside zone, a little bit of outside zone, mostly center pull, power counter, um, iso. You know, it's it's stuff we've seen the last couple of years. They're good at it, and they got size to go with it. Okay, so running back, uh, Victor Dawson, senior, six foot, two twenty five, good size running back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar Sperling, uh, he's the other backup, uh, sophomore, five ten, one ninety. Ooh, sophomore. Mm hmm. So their tight end is uh, Cadence Charter Hill, senior, six foot three, uh, two twenty five. Good size for a tight end. Yeah, it's about what you want. Their fullback is uh, Devonte Baskerville, junior, five ten, one eighty five. Hmm. All right, not not bad size there. And then we get to their um, wide receivers, Carryon Davis, five eleven, one seventy. That's he's got an offer from Air Force, right? Yes, oh. and uh, the the Carter Hill has Army, the running back. Oh, yep, All he's right. Army. Not bad. Um, Tyson Grimm, six foot junior, two hundred pounds. Um, name we might be familiar with from Glen Oak a couple of years ago, Braden Fox, hmm. uh, three star. He's a senior. Must six. be a nice little drive from Glen Oak to. Akron every day. Yeah. Uh, senior, six foot three, two hundred five. Mm-hmm. And then we've got uh, the QB. His name's Shane, Shane Ham, six foot two hundred. Now uh, we've seen him in the last three years, right? At least last two, two years. years. Yes. No, every, year's every year third. we played him. Yeah. Yep. Every year we yeah. played him. So, Jim, big numbers guy. Oh, this is three, so that counts. 
We'll see him again this year. Moving along. Okay. So defense. Daryl Peterson, six foot three, two forty five. That's their And an absolute dude. Yeah, he's a three star. Going to Wisconsin. What position? Inform the listeners. SE. Strong side end. He's a defensive end. Uh Three star, uh, he could be more than a three star. I'm actually surprised he's only a three star. He's one of the best players in the Midwest. I feel like nobody's gotten like any more no bumps. Yeah, nothing this year. Yeah. Didn't get bumped up whatsoever. He's still, been a, bumped up. he's still only a junior, isn't he? No, he's a senior. Is he's he? a senior. Yeah, yeah. The okay. next guy is a sophomore. Yeah, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about Peterson, one of the best players in the Midwest. Uh, he's going to Wisconsin. He could go to whatever school he wants to. Wisconsin was the one that, you know, really jumped on him early. I remember last year he was on the Wisconsin bandwagon. But, you know, one of the better players in the entire Midwest. And uh, he's their strong side end. I thought he was still a junior. I guess not. Hmm. Um, really good player. At nose tackle, Jason Martin the third, Sophomore, 5'11". Um, I think he played last year, too. How much did he weigh? Uh, 288. Ooh. Played as a freshman last year, you think? Well, he has a little the little carrot, which means he played. He started last year. Okay. So he had to play as a freshman. All right. Um, their defensive tackle, the Bryce Sisak. Gotcha. Sisak, um, junior, six foot two, two forty. And then we've got the weekend, Luke Bauer, uh, senior, six foot one, two forty five. He's going to Akron. Um. Then we've got Chance Carter-Hill again, um, end tackle, back up. Uh, for their safety, they got an A.J. Kirk. Going right to the safeties? Yeah, that's what's that's on fun. the list here you sent me. So A.J. Kirk, he is He's the, a linebacker. Uh, well, I think he does. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Sam, my he fault. He plays Sam. Sam or safety, I think, for him. Yeah, hmm. my fault, my fault. I heard both. So uh, we're, I mixed them up. Okay. Yeah, Sam, A.J. Kirk, So he's, list, he's listed as a Sam, yeah. yep. A.J. Kirk. Okay. Um, he is the, uh, is he the one that's like the nephew of Mike Doss? Is that Mike Doss, Doss's nephew? I have no idea. Heck if I know. One of them is Mike Doss's nephew, and this is his first year at Hogan. Hmm. Six foot one, 200, if I haven't gone over that. Um, going to Michigan State. Um, All right. Damian Olson, the second senior, six foot two twenty. Olson, um, highly rated, uh, Michigan inside linebacker. Three yeah. star plays he's, Mike. He's a he's a Big Ten linebacker. Is he, is he committed to Michigan though? He said it says Michigan in parentheses. Three star. I, I think he's uncommitted. Oh well. Um, I but technically I think Peterson is also uncommitted. Mm-hmm. Maybe just because they haven't signed yet. Maybe Probably. Maybe they're verbally. I haven't followed them that closely. They could have verbally committed. Um, Allison, great linebacker for him. He played for him last year as well. As you can imagine, a senior Big Ten linebacker would have. Uh, really good player, Big Ten player. The thing is, uh, you know, some of the you know scouting reports we've been hearing is that they have another really good linebacker as well. Michael Hayden? Maybe. I don't know the name. Is he uh, is he listed as a star, three star, two star? No. No, they supposedly. No, Michael Hayden's is just a five eleven. Okay, well there senior. there are people that believe that uh, Hoban's other linebacker is actually better than Allison. Uh oh. 
he might not be as highly recruited or as big of a name, but mm-hmm. there are people speculating their other linebackers better. Hmm. Okay. Um, Michael Hayden, senior 5'11", 180. He's their will, right? Yes. All right. I know I saw on something that they have another linebacker that's like a two-star. It might not be on this paper, but I saw it on like a scouting thing. Okay. Okay. Um, Carrion Davis, I think we already went over him. As a, as a receiver, right? Yeah, Air so he, Force. So is he playing? He's their safety? What's, strong safety. He's okay. a strong safety. Senior, 5'11", 170. Uh, the weak safety, A.J. Kirk, again. So they have him listed as the weak safety and, and the, the Sam. Sam? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because he plays both, but they have him listed as a starter for both, which makes you wonder who but the other starter is. Here we go. Yeah. Played safety versus Avon is this Tyson Grimm. Okay. So that's what they played last week. Okay. All right. Okay, going to cornerbacks. Alvin Stallworth, a senior, six foot, 185. Um, All right, listen. Any player named Alvin, I'm attacking. Attacking Alvin. I... I <laughs> That, Alvin and the Chipmunks. That's in the name. It's, a little it's tall just for Alvin. it's just the name. I there's no Alvin and the Chipmunks reference. It's oh, just okay. the name. Just because, I, if yeah. if I see like a cornerback wearing number forty three, if I it a corner named Alvin, same thing. Makes attacking sense. them both. It makes sense. Don't care. Yeah. Like oh, he a, could be a dude of the dudest of dudes. Don't matter. Name's Alvin. Going after him. Okay. Why did you keep throwing at number seven <laughs> last game? His name's Alvin. Alright, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Who's the other corner? Um, Markin, Markin McKinney. Okay. He's a junior, 5'11", 185. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, overall, defense is good dudes. Oh, that was... Um, There's like six, whatever, how many stars in mm-hmm. their front, yeah. seven. That's, um, that's a new segment we like called Make Jim Reed. Make Jim Reed. I feel yeah. like it's going to be a big popular one. No, it's you not. You know, going forward, as this is the last, you know. Tweet pre- that you never least, want me to do that again. This is the least pr- last preview of the year. Um, going over the names isn't super important. People yeah. don't remember names. so uh, You want me to go back through and do the numbers? Just height and weight is usually kind of what I go for. Some yeah. of the bigger names, like I would have mentioned Peterson and Allison, A.J. Kirk. They're all big names. They made it to the state championship. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, some of them are more notable names than others. Oh, yeah. but uh, I mean, as you go through it, like you said, you know, Peterson, D1 guy. Allison, D1 guy. A.J. Kirk, D1 guy. Bowers going to Akron. That's still technically considered D1. Uh, Even after what Kent State did to both them. Of their, so both of their safeties, I think, are D1. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, yeah, that, that front seven, the, the corners are really the only group where they don't have, you know, the high recruits. But Hobart has a really good defense. We know this. It, it's no surprise, you know, going into the season, everybody knew they were going to have a good defense. Their offense, though, isn't quite what it was. Yeah. And uh, in general, I think the offensive line isn't quite what they're used to. I Not think, as big. They're I think big, uh, they're, they're still big. I mean, still some bigums. They're still big. I think. Uh, yeah, but last year they were all like over three hundred. I they? think they got two kids that are maybe. There's like two over three hundred. I think they got two kids that are maybe oversized. Both their guards are maybe a little overweight, but their two tackles are a really good size. Mm-hmm. Their center is a good size. You know, maybe a little bit taller than you normally see centers being, but he's a good size. The thing is that it's not the strongest part of their team. They hold a lot. Which we talk about every week. A lot of teams hold. 
The difference is Hoban gets called for holding a lot. Um, I think they had five holds last week against Hoban. Something like that. Or Avon. not uh, Avon. Uh, five five offensive line holds last week, according to according to Heck. Let's see here. Um, but they also had like two holds on special teams. Their defense. Yeah, he said that they had like eight holds their in the whole game. Secondary had three or four holds, which is really surprising because that never gets called. You Hopefully know, that goes uh, our way this week. Multiple holds in the secondary is a very you know. The thing is, they did go man against Avon last week mm-hmm. a lot more, which they normally don't. So that could lead to more physical play, more holds in the secondary. But uh, yeah, they're they're prone to penalties. They they have a lot of penalties this year, not just in the Avon game. That offensive line has had a lot of holding calls all year long. So that's something to look for. And I don't think they played a defensive line quite as talented as ours. I don't think they played kids like Ward and Miller. So you know, I I don't think that changes in one week. No, um, I think one one thing I'm really looking for is how they come out and try and play us defensively. You know, we've seen two very different worlds the last couple of years. 2018, they came out and played two man predominantly the entire game. That's not something you see much in high school. And we ran all over them. You know, we had a couple a drop pass at the during the first series if. We get that if he catches that ball, it's first down, and it's a whole different ball game. Um, we we came out with him with some stuff early on that you know we thought was going to work and it didn't, and then we go we went back to what we did and we just kept running all over him and we just at the end of the you know at the end of the game we just didn't have enough time. Just ran out um, of time. Yeah, it took us a little bit to feel that game out. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I think we got to the point where it's like, hey, we have this. You know, we just need to, you know, capitalize. We needed a little bit more time. We needed one more quarter. We had him. Hoban ended up doing that fake punt. Um, Legal fake punt. It's it's questionable on on the legality of it. The reason that Matt always says it's illegal I, is not a not why I think it's illegal. But, yeah, either way, it's a really tough thing to do. Yep. You're not allowed to line somebody up over top of this, the long snapper. So then when you just take a handoff under center from a long snapper, there's no one in front of him. It's an easy QB sneak mm-hmm. when there's no nose tackle. But, uh, you know, good for them. But I think they knew that we caught on to them and we were we had all the momentum and we had a chance to win. They needed that fake punt. Honestly, the real kick in the dick in that game was the interception that wasn't an interception. Mm. Mm. Like oh, first, yeah. first drive, second drive. I yeah, about that. Uh, it was yeah. real early in the game when uh, Tyree came scored. down with, uh, you know, ripped the ball right out of the receiver's hands, came down with it, and mm-hmm. what was that, when they debuted review or something like that? Yeah. And uh, apparently, even though there's plenty of video evidence that says he had the ball. I don't think they were going to review that, though. I think they reviewed, like, first downs, they reviewed touchdowns if you cross the goal line. Oh, I forgot they do that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the first game ever. I think. Yeah, that, yeah. we were the we were the the test dummy. We were mm-hmm. the Thursday night game yeah. of the first you know, week of reviews, and they did review one that game. They did <laughs> a official review on a goal line. All stand. the 
all the negative things that have come out of COVID, I will say that Division One being last week <laughs> was a blessing. Yeah, but how dumb was it they did it on it's Friday? Dumbest thing. Oh, yeah. Why would they do it on Friday when every like every playing? other game is going Ooh, on Friday yeah. night? Why Maximize did, your why didn't they do pay-per-view? it Saturday? Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably because. Nope. Um, Ohio State. They didn't know Ohio State was going to get canceled, I guess. I guess that's true. They didn't have Ohio State. But you could have done it. You could have moved it. During the day? Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird to do it Friday when other teams are playing. Yeah. Um, it's nice to anyway, Friday. Not that it was worth watching. Oh, my goodness. Swinging back around. Listen, they call interception on that. Big change. A whole different ballgame. What game. a swing. Because. Well, it's a seven-point swing at minimum. Yes. Uh. And then, so yeah, they predominantly played two man, um, which is something you don't see in high school a lot. Yeah, it opens up the run. Yeah, which it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year they played that kind of screwed up cover three, where each apex defender, which is the first guy, first guy's inside the corner. Uh, you know, on to our twins, they had the guy just manned up straight up on uh, Pedro, and then to the backside, which. Ballard played for most of the game, I believe. They had him very... He's usually like your extra hat in the box when you go cover three to kind of, you know, get that extra guy in the run game. But they had him paying attention to Ballard. You know, if you watch that... Just go back and watch that game. He's paying... As soon as the ball snapped, he's looking, oh, what's Ballard doing? Uh, no? Yeah? Okay. Now I can go. Um, It's... Stuff like that that tells you what a team thinks of you, you know. This, they man the same up on Pedro. They're like, "All right, this kid's gonna take him out of the game, and then we're gonna go from there." They roll cover three against us. All right, this is predominantly run team. They go two man. All right, we are terrified of their passing game. It'll be in what they come out and how they play us defensively is going to tell you a lot about what they think of us. Mm -hmm. And I think how we come out and play them defensively isn't going to tell you much because we we come out and we just do our thing. You know, we've seen what Hoban is. We've seen what they do. We know what they like. We know what they can do. We know what they can't do. And as far as our defense versus their offense, I like it. I like that matchup. I think it's gonna. This game's gonna look a lot like the second half did last last year, mm-hmm. and uh, it's gonna be a slugfest. And this is where the game of inches comes in. And is that uh, gonna be the open again? Huh? Is that gonna be the open again? Should be. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Yeah, could be. Well, you'll know if it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I, I agree with everything you're saying. I I also think it's gonna be a low scoring game. I think we have a really good defense. I think they have a good defense. And I'm not sold on Hoban's offense. I know they've gone through patches where they struggle. They're not quite the same as they have been in the years past. You know, they're a little bit more multiple this year, which, uh, you know, my insiders are telling me it's because they just aren't quite as good. I believe the quote is... uh Trying to hide things. when you go with so many different formations, you're trying to hide. You're stuff. trying to hide something, and they're hiding the fact that they can't just beat you straight up. What mm-hmm. uh, was the idea, at least? Uh, you know, so I I agree. I don't think their offense is quite as good. Their offensive line struggles a little bit. 
Their passing game isn't amazing. I mean, Shane Ham's stats aren't average. outstanding. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're average. He does, you know, make up for it a little bit with his feet. He'll run mm-hmm. the ball, but just as a passer, it's you know, you, you would think like from where he was two years ago, you know, it would have progressed a little bit. And it, it comes down to the talent around him. It comes down to the hey, system. But maybe that long drive from uh, Austin Town to Town Akron every day is wears him out. Yeah. You know? Um, I just, I don't think they're, this is not the best Hoban's offense we have seen. They have a good defense. And, uh, you know, statistically, this hasn't been the highest powered offense Maslin has had either. So I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a slugfest and it's going to be interesting to see how they come out. But yeah, I, I like our defense against their offense. Mm-hmm. I think where we shine is kind of where they struggle. So I don't think they're going to be able to just drop back and pass on us. We have great coverage. You know, I, you know our defensive line is going to get some penetration on them. So I think they're going to struggle offensively. But they also have like a one of the best defenses in the state. Yeah. So I think, you know, it would be ignorant for me to say that we're just going to show up and score on them as well. So, you know, it's, it's that time of year. Mm-hmm. It's that time of year. You're going against the best of the best. I think the one thing I like about our offense going into this is you've seen 2018-2019. We kind of we had a high-powered offense through the whole regular season, kind of get to the playoffs and slow down a little bit. You know, the book's out on us. We know what we are, but teams know what we are too. And you could make the argument that we did as much as we needed to in each of those games. But you could see, just like looking at the box scores, we were averaging 10, 14 points less a game in the playoffs. This year, it took us a while to find out who, to, you know, find who we were, who we are offensively. We get in the McKinley game and through the playoffs, we kind of, we hit our stride. We found it. We know what we are. We know what we're good at. We know what we can't do. Last week, we stumbled. Really good team. Like, we we already talked about this. LaSalle's really good. But we left a lot of points on the, on the scoreboard. I would be a lot more worried right now if we did everything in our power and executed everything to perfection and only put up 14 points against LaSalle. We stubbed our toe on almost every drive and still won that game. That... That tells me we have a lot of room to improve, and I feel good, not overconfident about going into this game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think our offense really ever hit its potential this year yet. We've gotten better, and uh, there's always room to improve. I think that's the great thing. I don't think there was any point in time where it's like, hey, this is the best we're going to get. You know, if a team stops us, it's because they're better than us. I think, like you said, there there have been times we shot ourselves in the foot. You know, things happen. But um, <clears throat> I, I definitely think I like our offense against their defense better than their offense against our defense. Absolutely. Which, you know, that makes it sound like, oh, well, Rob, you're, you're saying we're going to win, right? Like, oh, we're definitely going to win. I, I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, I think we have a good I – like, I like our chance. I mean, people have been asking me all week. You know, I get around. How was that basketball tonight? Playing basketball. I also played basketball Monday. A bunch of different people are like, 
hey, you know, are, are they going to do it? Are the Tigers going to do it? I'm like, hey, they, they got a chance. They got a chance. That's that's what I tell everybody. It's like, hey, they have a chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I feel. I was like, yeah, we have a chance. That's not an over-optimistic thing. That's not, you know, going into it saying, I think we're so much better than them. Or lying because I know they're better than us. I, I think we have a chance. It's going to be a tough game. And, uh, you know, in the past, you know, there's been times where it's like, yeah, you know, Hoenn might have been the better team. You know, two years ago, I feel like they were just kind of like poised for it a little bit better than we were. Mm-hmm. Mind you, if that game goes on for another quarter, I think we win. Absolutely. But for the game, I think it made sense for people to pick Hoenn to win. Yep. This year, I'm seeing people thinking that Hoban's going to win on a running clock. Yeah. Yep. Who? Oh, there's... Go. A, yeah, go, go to that If you tell second. me to go to Yappy, no. I'm going to hit you both. I don't do Yappy. You I do. That. Yeah, that's You know that. Too. I don't do the Yappy thing. <laughs> go on Twitter, and there are people that legitimately think Madison has no shot. Oh, yeah. The Twitter poll was like 80-20. Hoban was going to win. Okay, this is a thing I saw on Twitter today, and it's a just tremendous quote. Okay. Person is smart. Yes. People are dumb. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. But I think it's outlandish to say Hoban is that much better than us. If you want to say Hoban's better than us, all right, fine, whatever. Say it. We're going to go show you that it's wrong. But I, I, as an unbiased opinion, I understand why somebody would say it. But if for people to think they're going to run and clock us, <clears throat> I mean, holy crap. They're either biased or they haven't been paying attention because nobody scores on us like that. You know, you have to be up by 30 for a, sc- for a running clock. God, I don't think they're going to get 30 total. I don't think alone, the two teams are going to be 30. Let alone 30. Yeah, <laughs> I think the over-under might be 30. Right? <laughs> like, the, the total points scored might, you know, over-under 30. I'm but still taking the under on that one. I, I think we have a shot. Legitimately have a mm. shot. You know, I'm trying, you know, don't want to get my hopes up. Last year, I got my hopes up a little bit too much. And boy, did that not feel good. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to stay objective this year. Hoban, really good defense. They are coached so well. You know they're going to change things up. And the things they do against us, it just seems like, you know, they're a step above other teams when it comes to coaching, when it comes to these adjustments, game schemes against us. You know, they do a really good job. So it, I I can't just say yes we're gonna win, but man we have a chance. Yeah, we have a chance. It's uh, the last couple years, man. I don't know. I've I felt really good about it, but we had this conversation at the beginning of the week. I'm the eternal optimist. Is as much as a jaded, cynical bastard as I am, mm-hmm. I am always the. All right, let's will this shit into existence. You're gonna make it. Work. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna use like. I'm going to use the power of my positive attitude to make us win a state championship. Yeah, I can't do that. And boy, did those last two games hurt. I can't. They do it. hurt. Mm. And yeah, this year, not my thing. I I see. I see. So like you said that, and I never picked up on that the last two years. I never picked up on your eternal optimism. <laughs> must, you didn't. You need to go back and listen to the podcast. I don't listen to any of the podcasts. I don't. I was. I was here for the conversation. Why do I need to listen to I'm it? I'm not going to listen to it ever. Yeah. But 
I guess I just never picked up on that part of it. You know, I might have like mm-hmm. picked up on you getting hyped, hyped. But I oh, I got hyped. But I don't know if I ever noticed you just like, yeah, we're going to win. It's gonna be. Dude, we're gonna blow them up by twenty. It's gonna happen. I don't think has, I ever picked up on that. Dude has the the bass treble down all the way to the lowest setting. You can make his voice sound low. Yeah. And there's okay. one point in the podcast where he sounds like a schoolgirl. He's just squealing. He's like, I can't wait. I think All we're right. going to do it. Getting excited. I mean, I understand getting excited. I just never heard Hank say, oh, yeah, we're going to win by 20. Oh, no, he didn't say that. But he was, you know, yeah. like, oh, oh for, we're for sure going to win. That's No, oh, yeah, he didn't say that. See, like, my thing is I can't do that. If anything, I kind of, like, get my hopes down just so it's that much better if it happens. Not as bad if it doesn't. So this is but that's, that's, apparently this is the podcast of but it's it's a fake I fake it when I do that apparently this is the podcast of like conversation trailing off and I bring it back around to the point mm, no. on that like three or four times yeah why not now the point now is that I, I'm not doing that this year well that's where everybody is everybody I is, am where are you at I where are you at right now we're all hopeful I feel I've gone I, through a scenario where we go and win. Yeah. And we go downtown afterwards, and it's a huge celebration, and, you know, just the best feeling ever. That obviously crosses my mind. I've had the, the I've had it cross my mind where we're up so big at halftime <laughs> that, like, the celebration is starting early. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what I think is going to happen. If that, like, if that happens yeah. two days from now. I, uh, uh, so it scares <clears throat> me that I'm at the point I was at with LaSalle last week. I feel good about it. I like our matchup. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you we're going to win. I can't. I tried that the last two years, and it didn't work. And it it sucked. I have no better word for it. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, it sucks. It sucks. It really does. I could at least bring myself to rewatch the 2018 game because, you know, we were... We were in it. Should have had it if it went on for another quarter. Last year, we picked a bad game to have a bad game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything we hear, we uh, we were more beat up than we were. We limped into that game and shit the bed. No other way to put it. This year, I don't see those injuries. <clears throat> yeah. I don't see us executing poorly but Hoban's a good team man oh yeah Hoban's a really good team and like you said I've had those scenarios cross my mind too and oh god it's I'm, I'm thinking of it now like what downtown might be like yeah mm-hmm. and I'm getting goosebumps for sure I think I just try my best to kind of keep myself neutral headed you know it's like I'm mm. looking forward to the good but I'm holding myself back and for the uh, bad yeah I don't think about the bad you know because it's just mm-hmm. you don't even th- like, that's unthinkable it's not, you don't want to think about you it you can't yeah. even think about like oh what if we lose like, you know you don't think about how you're going to feel about that but you know I keep myself in line of there's always that you know hey like you could lose just so it's so much better when we win. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. I, I try to keep myself neutral, but really what I'm doing is lying to myself and just hiding how excited I am. 
Yeah. And then I still get hurt just as bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it, bad, if not worse. Yeah. I'm, I try hiding it, but I'm excited. Everyone's excited. If, mm. if I say I, I don't sit in my cubicle and think about the game every day this week, yeah, I'm yeah. lying. That's... I mean, that's what happens. You, you get excited. I'm excited. It's human nature, man. I'm just trying to keep myself from getting too excited. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big, like, I don't know. I'm a walking, talking Murphy's Law. And anything that can go wrong will. Yeah. So I always try and keep myself from those best thoughts of like, oh, what's it going to be like when we win? What's, you know, what's downtown going to be like? What's the weekend going to be like? What's the week after that going to be like? What's the month going to be like? What's the rest of our fucking lives going to be like if we win the state championship? And I I have to push those thoughts out of my head because, man, when we lose, it hurts. It just, it hurts. Yeah. And it hurt two years in a row. And I'm tired of it hurting. <laughs> I think everybody's tired of it hurting. Yeah, we're young. We, uh, we're young. I have coworkers that yeah. saw the last game that we won. Yeah. And it's got to be. Oh. We're young. We haven't experienced peak Maslin. Yeah. yeah. It's actually, I was thinking about it. I think I... It's like this time of year, state championship time, that I think about my dad grew up during like the, he was born in 56, so he got to experience like the latter half of the heyday of Maslin. Some of it at least, yeah. A little bit. You know, he, he still got to watch the state, our the, last state championship yeah, the very team. latter mm-hmm. part of it. But. He, got, he got to watch the sunset on... The, the dynasty that was the mid-century Mass and Tigers. Yeah. Which we, we don't have a that. point by what? your dad. Um, okay. I know it's a couple 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 years early, but I need a commitment on the podcast that if we nope. win, oh special God. occasions are special occasions. I'm ignoring you because uh, that was just a horrible comment. Derailed the entire conversation. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I did. So, um, that's fine. So, yeah, we haven't, like, our people our age haven't got to experience what winning is truly like. We have, you know, we have regional championships. We've got all the bells against McKinley. We've got a lot of stuff. But there's one mountain left to climb. And I think Coach Moore in his... Fairly short tenure here. What's he been here now? This is fifth, fourth, fifth year? Uh, sixth, fifth, sixth, sixth, 2015? Sixth. Yeah. So this is. Didn't make the playoffs. First round of the playoffs. Win Woods three straight. Yep. Yeah, so this is sixth year here. At least, yeah. He, uh. He's done everything else, man. He's only got one thing left. Yeah. And we, Maslin, we've done everything else. We only have one thing left. And it's about time it happens, man. It's got to happen sooner or later. I'm ready for it. I'd like to believe it happens before I die. (laughs) 
You know? You gonna die in the next two days? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, odds are good. They're in your favor. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, got a chance. Yep. Two days. Got a chance. But, uh, I don't know. Getting yourself all excited now. I feel you know, good. I feel good, and I don't want to feel good. The that's the issue. Worst, the best, and the worst thing I saw this week was somebody put up a picture yep. of the Division One championship trophy. Okay, and I was like actively staying away from like Twitter on that stuff, and I saw that, and I was like, that looked really good in a trophy case. Yeah, yeah, it would. Just, I was like, oof. I don't care about the trophy itself. <laughs> no, I don't either. But it was like, like oh, oh, this is man. this is this week. It's time to go. Yeah. All right. Real quick, we have a quick uh, commercial to get to. Then we'll get to yeah. our fan questions, interactions. Then we'll get out of here. But um, right before we want to get right before we go to commercial, I just have one question that I don't need an answer to. Whatever happened to that ref hat that? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jefferson I know. Stoll. Hey, Tiger fans. I bet if you're anything like my partner, Hank, you probably need to go see an eye doctor. Yes, sir. And if you do, we have the place for you. The Doring Vision Center is a primary care optometry clinic located in downtown Maslin. They have a wide variety of eyeglass frames, everything from budget packages to designer brands. And if you're like me and prefer contacts over glasses because glasses are a hassle, they have uh, the technology to fit all types of lenses. They treat most conditions, and they also take emergency visits as well. At the Doring Vision Center, most insurances are accepted, and you even have a good chance of getting a same-day appointment. So come on down to see former Maslin Tiger, Dr. Ben Doring, at 35 Erie Street North, Suite 110, Maslin 44646. And that's right next to the Alibi Bar, for those of you who know the local watering holes. Or you can check them out on Facebook at the Doring Vision Center. That's D-O-E-R-I-N-G Vision Center. Or give them a call at 330-880-0035. Doring Vision Center, proud supporter of all things Maslin. All right. And to uh, finish out the podcast here, we just got a couple more things to cover. First one being the F.W. Renner and Sons question of the week, which is usually your favorite mass in the eatery. I'm going to reframe it this week, as I am wont to do sometimes. Masson wins a state title. The city burns. What restaurant are you forming a barricade around to keep <laughs> it from burning down? Oh, what restaurant am I barricading? Hmm. Well, it's definitely not West Side Krause's. All um, right. Hmm. Are we assuming that this is like downtown? Yeah. Like where are we? Where I'm assuming more downtown. Okay. okay. Downtown. Right, so here's the real situation. Nothing's gonna burn down. You know, Maslin's too respectable to yeah. actually burn anything. But um, yeah, it was very tongue in cheek. I hope nobody yeah. took me seriously. Yeah, I know, but that's been like the one thing I've thought about all week. It's kind like, of my you know, shtick like, at this point. If you haven't it's picked like, up on you it, you know what happens. You know, it's gonna go crazy, but there's not gonna be any like destructive nature, which, which is no awesome, dumpsters on which fire, which is awesome. 
I catch a dumpster on fire. I don't care. Where's but, that trailer? <laughs> still in storage. All um, right. Dumbly, it is still in storage. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we can catch that thing on fire. I don't care. Wonderful. So that's actually what it was kind of designed for. Our point is... So downtown, uh, <laughs> that is what brought it up. Uh, let's just go. Um, let's just go with Smiley's. That that's yeah, yeah. that yeah. was like the number one downtown rated thing for me. So Smiley's. Oh, since he took Smiley's, I'm gonna say Chipotle. It's a franchise. They would build it right back. You're so. You're fat. saving a franchise. You're so. Fat. What is wrong with you? No, I I just there's pick, not many good answers. I mean, pick Cosmos or uh, yeah, or like. I, c- I could deal without Cosmos, to be honest. Simon um, says promotions. <laughs> well, that, that's not a restaurant. They have cookies. Yeah. Oh, they do have cookies. Yeah. You're right. I mean, God, don't pick a franchise. Yeah. Okay. On. Okay. Okay. Um, East Side Crosses. You know, like anything besides a mm. franchise. Come on. I'm sorry. I know Kale would support me on this. What, Chipotle? Yeah. He would, he would say East Side Crosses. Okay. Um... Oh, the other Italian joint downtown. The other Italian joint downtown. Yeah. Oh, I forget what it's called offhand. Belisar. Belisar. Rob has said it no less than four times times in the last five minutes. My fault. You have headphones on. How are you? Didn't sound like Belisar in here. All right. (laughs) So you'd pick Belisar. Awesome. Smiley's Belisar. There you go. All right. Great places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't burn anything down. Nope. No. No. Burning bad. Unless it's in a fire pit, burning bad. Rob, you're giving me a look. Be creative on the definition of fire pit. Because dumpster in middle of road seems pretty safe. Do not destroy any local businesses. Don't hurt people. Period. Or stuff. Yeah. 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 Simple. Respect right. people's property. All right. So that's the FW Renner and Sons question of the week. And uh, glad to hear those are both fine establishments we're saving. Last thing we got, instead of ranking stuff this week, we kind of weezed our Twitter, kicked it to the fans, you know. Hey, what are what's some questions you want to answer on the pot? First one from longtime loyal listener Cody DeVault. Over under, uh, he sets at, at 23.5. So we're taking the over under on adult beverages being consumed after the Tigers win on Friday night. Is this per person? I would assume per person. Not total. Yeah, like, because it's me and Rob. Like, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the over. Using context clues here. Yeah. At a fairly low number for a group of people. I mean. I would assume he's working per person. I'm gonna how, ta- how long is Friday night? Yeah. Does this kick off at midnight? What time do you go to sleep? Or is it throughout the night? What yeah. time do you go to sleep? So until you sleep. Okay. Because, like, the game, after they win, we're going to be drinking the entire after game. After the probably. game until you sleep. Yeah. Is the definition we're going with? I'm yep. gonna twenty three and a half. I'm gonna take the under. Uh, under. I'm gonna take the under. Twenty three and a half under. I I I don't. If he said ten, yeah. Twenty three and a half after the game's already ended. <laughs> yeah, I saw the Snapchat. So the game. I would have to say, if he caught me on any other weekend, I would be hammering the over for myself. But I have a unfortunately a nice long drive ahead of me right after the game, so it's gonna be a hard under for me. You can call him sick. Um, no, I can't. Moving along. Another longtime listener, big fan of the pod, you know, loves everything we do. Matt Matigli. If parentheses win, Masson wins on Friday, how many people will be downtown? I think it's going to be a lot. 
I can't really put a number on it, but I think it's going to be similar to like what we've seen in the past for downtown stuff. I, you know, it's a big deal. I know that, uh, you know, it's kind of frowned upon to do. I I would expect a lot of people. I've been, you know, scrolling social media, mm. not looking for this type of stuff, but just scrolling in general. I've seen a lot of people talking about it, and I think it it's it's a thing. Um, yeah. I also think it's going to kind of be, you know, swept on the rug. Like it's it's. I don't think it's really going to be stopped very yeah. much. Yeah. I think to an extent, I think it's going to be allowed. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, I've kind of like I think gone it's an, through that. It's inevitable that something is gonna happen. Yeah, you know, just pick your, you know, where. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like you can, yeah, you can, you could try to like shut off one area. It's gonna happen yeah. one way or another. It's but gonna happen somewhere. I think it's gonna be a lot, a lot, and I think it also helps that the game got pushed up. Yeah, that almost was kind an of, hour. So kind of a bad move for. Um. So I think that helps that everything would start a little bit earlier. The team would get back a little yeah, bit like earlier. If you think about it, like when they, when I was at seven, nine 30 would probably be the cutoff for the, like the, you know, the game end bars have to close at 10. So they probably called last call about nine 30, nine o'clock. Okay. Now it's moved back to eight 30. Yeah. Bars are going to be wide open still. So with be, that two-hour drive, but you know whatever. Oh yeah, but I'm I'm assuming people are going to be at the bars watching the game downtown. Yeah, I think there yeah. will be a group of people as soon as the game's over. Yeah, and then and I think once it snowballs it, there, it's, hopefully it grows and the team yeah. gets back, and then it's still a thing when the team gets back. But yeah, now uh, just huge Maslin fan uh, Scott Graber replied to that specific question. He thinks there's going to be, you know, a couple hundred people out there, maybe a thousand or so. Oh. Um, he actually thinks it's a good idea that we have a parade the next week for the team. And that I wouldn't be mad about that. Yeah, I'm not mad about that. Yeah, it was like his least trolly tweet ever. I, it was yeah, like I actually yeah. a somewhat serious tweet from him, which was he's, surprising. He's kind of been serious lately yeah, on a serious well, note. I don't follow him or pay attention I don't either. to the things he says. But. I, yeah. But I've seen a couple things, and it's like, oh. I don't have him blocked, but I don't actively follow him. I don't know, but he's just giant Maslin guy, you know, follows everything the team does. Supports us 110%. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you want to give him a big shout-out. Drive you know, by and honk at him. <laughs> <laughs> drive by and honk. Oh, no. Uh, let's see here. Last but not least, because you know, nobody else responded. Thanks, everyone. Max Julian. Mm-hmm. Forgot about me. I tweeted you guys. An actual Big Tiger fan. Jim, you don't count. All right. He had actually uh, three different questions. Mm-hmm. Number one, if you could watch this game with anyone who's no longer living, who would it be? And he said his dad and grandpa taught him to love the Tigers, which is kind of cheap because, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll pick my freaking loved ones to watch the game, to watch Madison win the game wow. with. All right, let's, let's pull the heartstrings a little bit. Jesus. Yeah. It's cheating. Like, I can't dog somebody for that. Well, who are you gonna pick, Chuck Mather? No, I would also pick like my grandpa or somebody to watch the game with. But that's not funny. <laughs> okay, we'll pick a funny one, Scott Graber. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
They're living. He's not dead He's living. yet. Okay, well, it, it's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't know. Kennedy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, Kennedy I, in for this? Just love to hear that accent. <laughs> yeah. Listen to him announcing the game. Man, so I got to think of a funny one, too. No, I didn't. How about Kangas Khan? Genghis Khan. Yeah. And we're all related to him, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, explaining to him football? <laughs> I think he would like it. Yeah? I, yeah. You think he'd like it? Yeah. It's probably a competitive edge in him that wouldn't yeah. win, yeah. Dude. Dominating the other team. Dude killed like so many thing. people that the the temperature of the earth cooled. 10% of the population, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like he'd like a brutal sport. Genghis Khan. Okay. All right. I'm just thinking the logistics of getting past the language barrier. Yeah. Or, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you two got? I'm still gonna. I'm still trying to think of like a funny one. I guess. Uh, I guess I would probably pick my grandfather. Uh, he graduated in '57 from Maslin, so he got to see all of the you know primetime Maslin years. Um, you know, huge Maslin fan, all the way until the day he passed away and uh i mean i think that's who i would pick i mean yeah it's a it's a sappy you know loved one thing but you know that was my origin of mass my origin and masculine mm-hmm. is him my my dad's dad so i think that's you know would be an obvious answer for for this question and uh i'll try to think of a funny one all right i can buy you some time because i can give my honest answer i would pick obviously my grandpa who i was named after Never got to meet him. Died in 79. I was born in 94. Bit of an age gap there. That um, He served in World War II. So I don't know. The point of that statement being, I don't know exactly when he graduated from Maslin. But I think he played for Paul Brown, I believe. You would think. Uh, yeah, right around that age group. Um, and he was... He, he played back in the day when there was like no rules on numbers or anything. I think it was like a halfback or a wingback or something. He he was athletic. I'm not. I'm fat. He was also number 62, but I didn't know that. Mm. So I just remember my going into my sophomore year when, you know, Burke was picking numbers and stuff. Or Burke was letting us pick our numbers. And, you know, all right, Piper, what number you want? Look. My old number 51 was taken. I just saw 62 was open. So I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go with that. About half a year later, my dad and grandma got me a birthday present that was a picture of, like, you know, me, my football picture, and then my grandpa and his football picture were both at the same number. And I'm like, hot damn. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a pretty cool coincidence right there. I had no idea. never seen that picture before. No wonder you're superstitious. You know, I, I got some stuff. But, um, yeah, if I had to pick, honest answer is my grandpa. Funny answer, Genghis Khan, because I get to spend the first three quarters of the game trying to describe to him a football. I don't think you'd make it the first three quarters. I I think you'd be dead. (laughs) Well, he is dead, so all right. What do you got, Jim? Well, I I don't have anything that sappy. And I I didn't really know the man, but I think it'd be kind of cool to watch a national championship with him uh, just to see the... Reaction with who? Coach Studer. Oh, okay. I think Good that answer. would be 
just yeah. a yeah. experience. That's my uh, close second. Yeah, that, real answers. Yeah, that was like it'd be like oh, mm. that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, my uh, you know my dad my dad and him were close friends. That's why we're you know be my dad and the Studer family were all close and yeah that'd be pretty sweet. But Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan, <laughs> Genghis Khan. <laughs> Rob, got anything funny? Like nothing? Yeah, for being the funniest person I know, I just don't have a great... <laughs> funniest person. Also I, the humblest. Uh, yeah, I'm obviously the most humble. Goes and hand, neutral. Goes hand in hand. I'm also very neutral. Mm. Um, just all of these things. Yeah, I, There's just not no real super funny answer that's coming to mind. So yeah. maybe the next one. Charlie Chaplin. Actually, you know... Hitler. You know Bozo who? the Clown. I don't know. Any, he, like... He's... He's still alive, but I would like to look into his eyes and just say, you couldn't have done this. Jason Hall. Oh, God. He's oh somewhere. God. I want to watch a game with him, though. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be hard. Ugh. That'd be really hard. Ugh. Ugh. I guess that guy's also alive, too. I don't know. Next question. All right. Next question. Number two. Still from X Julian. Shout out. Um, favorite all-time Maslin game. He's got the 2008 Louisville pregame antics and 2013 Steubenville when mm-hmm. Laron went off. Yeah. So, oh boy, I think there's a levels to this question for me because there are games that are more recent mm-hmm. that yeah. were favorites because of you know maybe how intense the game was. Maybe there were some X's and O's that I liked. Maybe the environment. There was things when I was younger where it's just like. You know, maybe it was just my favorite game, and I really don't remember why. I don't even remember the game very much. So I think, you know, one that probably comes to mind is when we played St. Ed's in the Final Four back in 05. Um, I remember getting yelled at that game. Well, I'm sure probably. you got yelled at for a lot of stuff. Uh, no, I remember specifically after the game I yelled, there's always next year, and my mom gave me a lot of crap for that. <laughs> that that's a weird thing to say after we won. Well, no, to them. They were right in front of oh, us. Oh, you said it to them? Yeah. Yeah, your mom was probably yelling it before you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably... I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that was a really good game. Uh, Master comes back and wins at the very end. You know, super yeah. snowy and icy. You know, great game. Just real quick, though, I want to touch on what you said about there's levels to this yeah. question. Like, he said his number one is the 2018 Louisville pre. 2018 because yeah, pregame not because of the game itself but yeah, because yeah. of kind of what yeah. happened beforehand and you know which I mean I love that aspect of the game yeah. but the game itself kind of sucked because we just did nothing but stomp their faces in for four yeah. quarters so that was a nice feature. just kind of I don't know maybe give a couple like the actual good games themselves and maybe mm-hmm. a couple for more sentimental reasons mm. East St. Louis was just an outstanding game yeah. in general. You know, back and forth, high scoring affair, coming that, away with the win. That's I'm my so mad I missed that. <laughs> that's I, my I watched it. That's my number one of just mm-hmm. pure game. And it's sentimental, it's top ten. Just the way uh, how loud we got too. So loud. Oh my god. It was 
I have never heard Paul Brown Tiger Stadium louder with less people. Yeah. I brought that up to a guy because you mentioned that before that mm-hmm. it was super loud, mm-hmm. and they said, "Yeah, that was nothing compared to the 80, 80s when we played Moeller on a Sunday." Oh, they would have won that game. So yeah. yeah, but they said Maslin was the they they just it was the loudest game they've ever Maybe, experienced. Yeah. I mean, I. I wouldn't they like laughed it, but they yeah. laughed that I was like, "Oh, East St. Louis was loud," and they're like, "Yeah, that was nothing compared to it was though." But I mean, you know how that goes. You know, yeah. everybody has the one that back was in my loudest. day, it was the loudest game ever. You know, yours can't touch it. But East St. Louis was really loud, and in general, I think you know our crowds probably were louder the further you go back. You know, to to a certain point, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it was super loud by our standards. That East St. Louis game. I think, uh, you know, Hoban last year was a really big game for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we overtook Hoban last year and the way that that second half played out, you know, <sighs> just the stalemate of no one scoring the whole time back and forth. Oh, man, it was, you know, the tensions were so high. And then I think like one last one would have been my freshman year when we played McKinley at home. So that would have been the 08, 08. season. Yeah. 08 season, we played him at home. Hmm. I think it was just like everything that led up to it. I'm I'm at the high school now, so I am get to partake in some of the stuff that's going on. It's when they did the uh, Nike did. Nike was a huge sponsor of the game in general. Like they were already yeah. like our team sponsor, but they handed out um, those uh, rollout like little tiny banner things. You remember? Yeah. Like they would yep. pull apart. I still have some. Oh, like I forgot about those. And was that part thing? Was that banners. the year that they spelled us? They gave us the shirts that, that were spelled, spelled wrong. wrong. Yeah. They gave us the shirts that were spelled wrong. Um, You know, and uh, I just was remember. Was it one L? Was that the spelling? No, they, they spelled customized with no S. Oh, it was cutomized. So it was cutomized. Cutomized. Cutomized by Nike ID. And they gave us like uh, Nike ID cards that was like 25% off Nike shoes or something on yeah. Nike ID. And they I brought somebody I in. I didn't end up using it, so I don't. But yeah, they yeah. had the a rep come in and talk to us. Like we had a rally. And they're like, yeah, we're doing a blackout. We want all the fans to do a blackout. They gave us mm-hmm. shirts. And they're like, we don't care if McKinley's doing a red out. So the whole stadium's red and black. It doesn't matter. Maslin's wearing black and everyone behind them is wearing black. It, it was just like a really big game, like my first time kind of being involved with the high school, and there was like the extra extracurriculars uh, going on like that. Um, I think Bill Clinton almost did the coin toss of that game. He did. No, he, he did. He almost did. He almost did. Almost did. Yeah. Almost or did, Jim. No, he, he almost, almost did, yeah. It got shut down at the very last second, but he was supposed to do the coin flip, and then I guess there was a couple T's or a couple I's that didn't get crossed or dotted, and the city shut it down, but... Or the school shut it down. It was I don't something know. Either way, we were the ones that turned it down. For some reason, I think. I think it was an issue with the park. They wanted to do something before the game he with the park. wanted to do like some kind of campaign of the park. And, but I remember, yeah. you know, being up there early. And I don't know. I think it was like my first glimpse of, you know, kind of going through that stuff. And mm-hmm. Mass on One, it was a good game. All right. So, um, full disclosure, I don't really remember anything before my junior year. I'm like... I think we've been over this before, Rob. I'm like you, but with uh, like farther away rather than just last week. <laughs> uh, I remember players a lot better than I remember games or seasons from when yeah. I was younger. I know I remember a lot of players. I just don't remember the games as much. I barely remember either. But um, so number one, just pure game wise, has to be East St. Louis. I actually just I looked it up while you were talking. 
official attendance had us at 6,100. And that place was rocking like we were sold out. Yeah, 6,100. All right. Yeah. But it, I doubt it's it was even side. that. <laughs> really? 6,100 on the away side, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> other actual game games, like you said, Hoban last year. Um, you know, we slayed the beast. It, uh, that whole, whole defensive battle, second half. <coughs> uh, anything else was Winton Woods, second time, that rematch. It was real early on. It was a slugfest. I think I remember us, like, trying to figure out how we were going to run on these cats. It felt like, uh, we, we didn't really have, I think we came in that game too high. You know what I mean? Like, too ready, too jacked up for the game. And it it took us a while to kind of calm down and get into it. What else? And I'll take the, the blurred line between just the sentimental value and the actual game itself was my senior year, McKinley. It took us a while to get, you know, it took us a while to get, um, to get into it. Had Bo Huffman, his big one-handed catch on like a third and long. Then we finally got a touchdown, got up big. Then we started coming back a little bit. And then we, Brody's interception in the end zone kind of sealed it for us. And that was our first win to get the bell back against McKinley since 08. Other kind of little smaller stuff. Hoban. 2011. Yeah. We got yelled at. Uh, yeah. The halftime the <laughs> half adjustments yeah. we got and the halftime adjustment that whiteboard got. Yeah. Yeah. And the halftime adjustment Jason Hall's knuckle got from the cinder block behind <laughs> the said head. whiteboard got <laughs> was, uh, that was something. Mm, yeah. Um, the aftermath of Sun Valley. Mm-hmm. That oh, that, fun. that by far was oh, one of the most God. happy I've ever been. We have a video. We, Whenever this thing eventually burns to the ground and we're just done with Black Swarm, we're going to post a video of Jim, Jim. losing his mind Beating after he scored chest. 100 points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was me. In, uh, the, old, in the old RV. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Ignatius this year. Yeah. And Benny this year, too. Oh, Benny was, you know, it was exciting. You know, there's some extra stuff going on, but... It, this this is strictly the extracurriculars. I think that's recency bias. Well, it is, it is, but it's mostly because I can't remember another time when I've seen coaches from the opposing team walk out and start talking shit to our players. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it, <clears throat> it was a really big game this year. I don't know if it's something that I would take with me much further than that. I'm sure if it gets brought up, you'll say it, but yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember yeah. like my two times going to Steubenville. Now that was something that will, you know, last yes. with me a lifetime. The first time going to Steubenville was something hey, I'll never forget in my Remember to life. put your helmets on. What? Yeah. It was, Why? Now that <laughs> was, there's something that you'll never forget. Yeah. Steubenville is by far the stadium I would like to play in again, not Maslin. 
What? He's got a way with words, but yeah, I get I what you're saying. Studentville is number two in my it list. It's cool. It's a cool place to play. Yeah, it's a cool place to play. It was intense. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like mass on it. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was awesome going down there. Um, intimidating, but awesome. Also, shout out to the, you know, designers of the whole place. I don't know if. Oh, that how, had to be me. How much right. they, how much input they had on the horse statue specifically. But um, the fact that it's like, you know, you can tell it's male. Mm. They put that much time and effort into it. It's impressive, to be frank. Maple Heights has a huge horse statue in front of their school. Yeah. Same concept. Ah. Same concept. Oh. Yikes. <laughs> oh, boy. Yikes. Um, oh. Last one I just thought of. I'll round this out. Perry, 2015. Coach Moore's first... What was that? His first game here? Yeah. Yep. When uh beat Perry week one and then they go to the state championship. When they went to a state championship, we had linebackers that had no business starting. They had their best shot at the most down Masson's ever been in the last decade and a half. And, and they still couldn't get it done. Couldn't win, yeah. <laughs> Boy, that does that suck for yeah. the PTO. Yeah, one of their best teams versus one of our worst teams for the last while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's the thing I always like to point out, too, is I think we ended up, you know, changing our linebackers like a couple weeks later. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't even really, you know, our better linebackers for that game, I don't think. So, which against, you know, their wing T style offense is really important. So mm-hmm. the fact that they still couldn't <laughs> beat us. And then he hit through the hissy fit. And then, uh, yeah, they go to the state championship. They lose to LaSalle. Pretty badly. And then uh, Maslin also beats them in basketball. <laughs> and, we did? Uh, uh. Yeah. It was just funny because I remember like our, our student section like, started doing the Just Like Football chant. And it, <sighs> That's oh, the best part about the it basketball game. hit games them sometimes. in a nerve. Because, <laughs> you know, we probably played them early in the year. So it's probably like early, mid-December. Yeah. And they just got done playing football like two weeks earlier. <laughs> and it was like, just like football. And, <laughs> and then they chanted. I don't know. They tried making up a chance about how they made it to the state final, which, you know, I don't think that was a very good student section chant. But yeah. no. they just re-upped with another just like football. <laughs> 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 uh. Oh boy! I wish we had that on on tape. Mm, it's somewhere. It's yeah. somewhere. Okay. All right, Amy. What do you got? I got not for the game itself. A first time as a sophomore running out of the tunnel, McKinley. Yeah, because that is just a that's freaking surreal. That is a big time yeah. experience. I don't remember. I don't remember anything about, about the game. game, but I remember the tunnel. I don't remember being there. I remember the the balloons and running out of the tunnel, and don't ask me anything else. All right. Um, Hoban last year, um, beating them at InfoCision. It's probably the most. For the game, for the experience. Oh, everything. Everything, man. I mean, that was probably yeah. the most emotionally drained I've ever been after a Maslin game. Um, that was just a good game. Um, beating McKinley our sophomore year at InfoCision. Um, All right. In the regional championship. That was a interesting uh, coming out of that weird tunnel they have. Uh, mm-hmm. Not really a tunnel. Um, but practicing out, out in the, the field. 
going in and then coming back out. And you you know you only see that bottom deck when you get real close. Yeah. But running out all the way and then you see the entire you second see the upper deck. deck also, yeah. And it's like that oh was, shit. It was intoxicating. Yeah. Coming out and seeing both decks filled up and then the next week against Glenville the same thing. Mm. You just come out and it's like even though this just happened last week, it was still one of those oh my god moments. Yeah. You come out, you just got the two decks of people like oh. If, yeah, you it was So I never got that experience. You, yeah. But uh, when we played McKinley the second time my senior year up at Kent, when we had Dick Stadium I was there. just yeah. filled. Yeah, I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just probably similar, but the, the fact that there was yeah, a second deck. It's, it's similar concepts, oh. just running out of that tunnel and just seeing a sea of orange and black yeah. is, like you said, it's. It's surreal, and it's a mm-hmm. feeling you can't describe. Yeah, it's like the uh, yeah it video that I just reshared on Facebook a day or two ago from when we played Hoban in the state championship game two years ago. The first down in the fourth quarter? We no, got- no, no. That one also. So, like, so that's another one. But I just found this one. And uh, this guy, he it only had like 30 views. And I, and I reposted on Facebook, and it's probably got hundreds now. But mm. it's from two years ago. Maslin must have just scored. Because mm. the comment is that, like, Maslin's making the comeback against Hoban. Oh, yeah. Oh. That one you posted. So Maslin would yeah. have just scored, and you're watching this video, and you see both decks going mm. crazy. But, yes, the one you're talking about is when they bring the chains out last year against Hoban to see if we got a first down or not. And as soon as that ref goes to point for a first oh. down and the whole crowd erupts, the only thing that I dislike about that video is that you can only see the bottom deck. Yeah. You can't see the upper deck. So, but yeah. just the noise. Just turn the volume up and just listen to one huge roar. Was it was it the fourth down sack or, the, or that moment, the... First down. There's both. Go ahead. The first that down, you and I had a big hug. The first down. Yeah, that was the first the down. Yeah, that was the end of the game. I think we decided to take a knee after that. And it was yeah. Done. Um, but the I mean the sack was huge. Obviously, mm. you know they went for. I, I was just trying to remember, like in no, my own head, after, trying to place. It where was that after was. the first down. It was after the first down because I mean you know you didn't take anything for granted until you're in victory formation. Yeah. And that was the. Okay, now we can go in victory formation. We can finally relax. And that was the. I mean, I think, I think that was part of it last year that hit me so hard was that after we beat Hoban, it was mm. like we won the state championship. It's like, oh my goodness, yeah, like we knocked off Hoban. I was so high on that moment that I feel like that almost got me too high, too excited. It was like we slayed the dragon. Yeah. But we still had two more games to go. Mm-hmm. And even Avon, after that, it didn't feel like a game. You know, we got up there late. We kind of strolled in. We I get up there. I forget Avon existed last year. And I didn't even know there were ones we played. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I thought it was. On Byers Field. Yeah. And, you know, we just steamroll them. And I think that's a big reason why we went into LaSalle like we did last year. Mm-hmm. Of, oh, like, it, it championships ours. Might as well just give us a trophy now. Yeah. And that's not how we came into this game this year, man. It's different. Yeah. We we didn't 
we didn't roll 45 points a game through this season. We didn't dominate every team in the playoffs. We had one, you know, we had we had some dogfights. Yeah. We had to scratch and claw our way to the point we're at now. And I think that's what separates this team right now from where we were a year ago or two years ago. Yeah. These guys know what it's like to lose. They know what it's like to lose bad. And you need that. You can't have a a guy, a team, that has never experienced that before. Because you need that fear in you. That fear of loss. That they need to know what it feels like to walk into that locker room just dejected. Mm-hmm. Just... I gave it my all out there, and it was not enough. You need to know what that feeling's like. You need the fear of that to come out and do what you got to do this Friday. And, hey, man. I'm trying not to get too high right now on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Going on a monologue, getting yourself all amped up. Yep. Yeah. Move, and uh, usually I wait until like the end of this podcast after we're done to pick the song we're gonna end on. I already got the one in mind that we're gonna do. You said this once before. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. It's the one my dad always told me the story. He played flag football for years. Oh yeah, back when uh, back when flag football was like big. I uh, it might still bring be that now. back. I don't know. Whatever, but. They had this team they played in their league or whatever, you know, twice in the same year. Lost both times. End up in the championship against them. And they're all worked up and shit, you know, that morning of the game. And they just sit down. My dad, like, all right, whatever. Let's not think about it. Let's just get all calm. They might have partaken in a couple extracurriculars that got them a little more calm than normal. But uh, during the entire pregame, they just sat around and listened to one song on repeat. And that's what we're going to end this on. And uh, Keep them hanging. Make them watch, listen to the whole thing. Don't tell them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good. And beyond that, hey, man. Go Tigers. Beat Hoban. Go Tigers. Beat Hoban.
ilusión y 